When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Pick up your phone while driving, and you might need to be picked up from work. Break the speed limit, and you could be breaking plans with your mates. Leave L or N plates off your car, and you could be left getting taxis for the next six months. So ask yourself, is it really worth it? Seven penalty points over three years will disqualify learner and novice drivers for six months. Steer clear of points and stay on the road. A message from the Road Safety Authority. Welcome everybody to Blood and Mud, the podcast that's never really thought very deeply about royal babies in in any way whatsoever, but seems to be being forced to this week, it would seem. Yeah, I mean, I started the week thinking... You know, I wish them all the best, but I don't want anything to do with it. And now I've been forced to have an opinion. So, you know. That's what Oprah does. Here we are. You get an opinion. You get an opinion. You get an opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Tell you what, though, she's a very, you've got to give it to her. She's a very good interview. Like she should be because she was, you know, one of the highest paid people on television for doing just that. But she's a very good interviewer. I'll never forget when she interviewed Lance Armstrong. Oh, yeah. And. And the first five questions that she asked were just yes, no questions. I'm sure a team preps her on this, but it's still amazing. Yeah. So first five questions, Lance, yes or no answers. Did you take drugs <laughs> when you won the Tour de France? Did, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. anyway. He then went on to fucking do yeah. loads of sociopathic lying, but he kind of, in self-justification, yeah, he did. but, so, you know, as, as we've said before, uh, as is the way. As he did in that documentary. As he did, yeah. And Which, ten years later, yeah. still doing the same thing, so... Fair play. Anyway, I'm Lee. Hello, everybody. Hi, Lee. And over there I'm is... I'm Josh. Still just about, yeah. So apart from being forced to have an opinion about royal babies, anything else happening in your life that's exciting? No, not really. I, uh... No. I mean, <laughs> what... what uh, he fished for something there. Honest. You can't say he didn't try, ladies and gentlemen. He was trying. Do you trying, know what? Threw his eyes something back happened, his something happened to me the other day, and I thought, oh, at least I'll have something to talk about on the podcast this week, and I f- forgot what it was. So, you must oh, have well. been a lie, as they say. You only forget, you don't been, forget yeah, the truth, what? do you? <laughs> I did Boy, the first... I the first... That... Go. 
No, carry on. All right. <laughs> yeah, before you make up even more lies, I'll carry on. <laughs> the, um, I had my first lawn mowing of the of the year this weekend. That's, that's oh, how nice. I was rolling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So you know, it was it was a tough job. I had to get through a fair bit. I, I went I went for a walk on Sunday and walked past a lot of people mowing their lawns. I was thinking I should probably do that. And I just didn't. I also put some stones in my lawn about four years ago, big like to make a path, like dug into the lawn, mm-hmm. like a yeah, dig the shape of stone, put it, you know, put it in concrete, put yep. it in, so it's like an in right the grass thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that as of last week, that path didn't exist anymore because it was just all grass. So I had to spend all day Sunday <laughs> digging this path, like the, like a carpet of grass over it, like a bowling green or something. That's amazing. That is impressive. Grass is incredible. Fair play to it grass. Really does take, Fair play to grass. Yeah. And um <laughs> and I also found after digging out about fifteen of them, I was absolutely fucking knackered. I am completely and utterly out of shape and a disgrace to myself and the human race. So Yeah, I know what you feel. But I did go the other side of my back rail door, on Saturday. Did you? Yeah. I I put a curtain rail on Saturday and I was like, Well, I've achieved something now. To be honest though, I suppose. small victories what Churchill said, wasn't it? You have to achieve something in a day, and it's yeah. just laying a few bricks. Or, you know, yeah. killing half of India with your famine strategy. Stuff like that, you know. It's all a morning. Yeah. It's all depending on what job you do. That's the if I do yeah. something daft, you know, of a morning, I just eat too many midget gems. I don't send like yeah. paramilitaries into Ireland or anything like that. So Yeah. That's the difference between me and Winston and Churchill. I've, I've got an almost unblemished record of sending paramilitaries yeah. into Ireland. Difference between us and Winston Churchill. The only difference, obviously, between us and Winston Churchill. In terms of achievement, yeah, hundred percent national profile. Basically, yeah, level level pegging, aren't we? Yeah, but people don't know about us because our statues have been torn down, but for different yeah. reasons. Fucking, fucking political correctness gone mad. <laughs> I tell you, you hate to see it. So, if you want to get in touch with us, I'm at Blood and Mud or Lee at Blood and Mud dot com, and Josh, you are. Uh, at Josh Gardner, uh, at Rucked Mag now. Oh, yeah, tell people about this, by the way. Yeah, I I rebranded myself over the weekend, I suppose. That was something I did. Um, You're not going to come out right, Lots of, like, woke people have become out as a rebrand, don't they? Yeah, yeah. I've I've rebranded myself as an alt-right provocateur (laughs) just to... uh, You're now going to spend the rest of the podcast shouting about stuff. (laughs) It's going to be really good for my bank balance and really bad for my conscience. Um, no, no, yeah, I just, I, I, I rebranded the whole, I hate saying I rebranded the whole rugby shirt watch thing because I haven't. The website You got bored of it and changed it. But basically, yeah, I got bored of it. I changed it. It's going to be less overtly focused on rugby shirts now, basically because there's fuck all happening in that world and it's really boring to just write the same news stories all the time and then do nothing else. So I'm trying to do something that's, a little more positive in the rugby world and just celebrating the good things, whether it's cool shirts or nice tries or funny things or weird shit that you haven't seen. I mean, I've got the other account. I've got my personal account to be fucking ragingly negative all the time. Mm-hmm. So I thought it might might do my sort of sense of cosmic balance good to sort of just have something where I'm just talking about positive things and good things and celebrating the good stuff about this sport that I do actually quite like. Yes. Believe it or not. We want that on record. We do quite like this sport, despite the fact we get enraged by it most <laughs> of the time. Yeah. Let the word go out. Yeah, so that's Rooked, Rooked underscore magazine, I think, isn't it? 
in uh, rock underscore mag on mag, uh, right. Twitter on and Twitter. Twitter, Facebook and on the Instagrams where I might actually try to be active for once because I was terrible at that with the old rubbish show watch. But so then we're on Acast, we're on Apple and etc cetera, etc. Cetera. We're also on Patreon.com slash Blood and Mud where you can come, <laughs> you can come along and get a bit of extra oh. stuff. Yes, there's two tiers, there's a two pound tier, there's a five pound tier. You know this by now. You know this by now. However, you all know this. Some news about the Patreon content, Josh. We have, don't we? Yes, times they are a changing. Times they are a changing. As Bob Dylan once said, "Yeah, we um, think that the people who pay are wonderful, wonderful people who support us. So yes. we'd like to give them a little yes. bit more for what it is that they do." Yes. So as a result, and go on. Sorry, you were waiting for me to say something there, I was, and I yes. just said yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because you know we appreciate that we are, and you know we joke about this, but we are fucking dreadful at sticking to a schedule when it comes to our bonus episodes because we are both quite busy and have quite busy jobs, etc. And so finding the time to do extra podcasts and stuff is not always easy. And it I mean, makes you've us been rebranding. Feel quite that takes a lot of time. I've been busy rebranding. I'll level with you. I did it in about two hours. <laughs> apropos, apropos of nothing, with nothing but me, Adobe Illustrator, and a couple of stock photos. Um, but yes, you, you have know, torn, we, we you have torn like, asunder the rumour that PR and stuff and logos and shit are difficult. <laughs> How much money are people paying for this stuff when you did it in two hours? I'm, well, it's just, it just shows I am available. I'm not actually available. I haven't got time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we we feel you know we feel bad that we don't provide our patrons with as much stuff as as we you know want to be able to, and so we've come up with a couple of ways with which we want to show you lovely people who pay uh, to us whatever you pay for us every month. Um, that you know, we really do appreciate you, and we really appreciate the support that you give us, and we want you to feel special and like a little sort of. I don't. I, don't, I was going to say we want to put you on a pedestal, but that seems weird, so I'm not going to say that. No, it just feels weird. So we just want to make sure you get, you feel like you're getting something extra. I mean, we will keep doing the bonus episodes because we do like doing them. It's just that we don't want to have to. Yeah, feel that's the thing. We're not changing that. Because so, so we will, we still be doing that. But what we're going to do is. The full the episode every week now, as you well know, is cracking on for nearly two hours every week. So what we're going to be doing is is mm. basically only making the full full episode available to patrons, and we'll be giving a shortened version out to people who are non patrons, um, which will be significantly shorter, basically. So patrons will get more content every week anyway, yeah. which isn't just and, and that'll be yeah. ad free still and all that kind of stuff, and you get the extra yeah. stuff. And what else, Josh? Yeah. If you are a patron, absolutely nothing will change. Uh, if you're not a patron, then you will get, you know, you'll probably get probably an hour's less worth of podcast every week. But you'll still probably get like an hour plus, which is probably too much for some people anyway. Some people will probably <laughs> pay us to make that podcast half an hour. Um, but in <laughs> addition to that, we? we've yeah. also... Yeah, we've also jumped onto the hottest 2007 trends, uh, <laughs> and we've set up a uh, a Facebook group uh, exclusively for Blood and Mud uh, podcast patrons um, to come and chat and 
talk amongst yourselves and discuss the podcast and discuss rugby and ask questions and, you know, say negative things about Clive Woodward that you don't want to say in front of your family and in public. You know, it's, <laughs> it's a nice little... Basically, consider it the sort of... The virtual Alid Brew Lounge. Yes, the actual Alid Brew Lounge you can come into, yeah, and have a bit yeah. more of a chat. Because Patreon, the app's not great for that kind of community stuff, so we're going to shift it over to Facebook. No. And uh, obviously, and you'll have to... We'll publish the details to patrons for how you get in and all that kind of stuff. Um, and that's it. So that will be happening from next week. So don't say you haven't been told. So... Yeah. Obviously, end if you're already a patron, nothing whenever, changes. Whenever the six, yeah, whenever the Six Nations ends, is it next week? No, after not next week. Sorry, after the ends? Six Nations ends, I do apologise. Yeah, which is the, which is the week after? Which is the week, week after, after next? next. Yes. Is it next week? Or no? Whenever the episode after the end of Six Nations is, that's from when we decided we'll do it. So, yes. so yes. brace yourselves and get ready. Yeah. So that's Patreon.com/slash/BloodandMud if you want to sign up and avoid, you know, losing us for some part of your week. Lose. Losing an hour of this wonderful, wonderful stuff. stuff to Unmissable week. stuff. Uh, thanks very much to everybody who signs up. You've got a £2 stuff, where £2 tier where you get extra content, ad-free content, and now obviously the full podcast as of in a, in a couple of weeks. And then there's also the £5 tier where you give us a little bit of extra support. You get all the extra stuff. You get your name out on here and we have a go at saying what kind of rugby player we think you might be. Thank you very much this week mm. for the VIP lounge members who've come behind the velvet robe. First of all, it's Mr. Marcus Wills, Josh. How do we see Marcus Wills as a rugby player? Indeed. Uh, Marcus played five seasons at open side for Bucks, Butts Park Enders RFC in the late 70s before sensationally making a switch to arch-rivals Butts Broncos uh, in a situation rumoured to involve a fair amount of dodgy boot money, but uh, committees could not be moved on that. Uh, Marcus's switch to the Broncos added real spice to the league meetings that season, not least because his brother Martin was still playing at 10 for Butts Park Enders, leading to the reserve scrum half of the Broncos proudly proclaiming that this titanic meeting of siblings would forever be known as the Battle of Wills. Oh, my God. And nobody liked it, so it didn't catch on, and that was the end of it. I was wondering where that was going for most of that, and I can't believe I didn't see that coming because it was quite obvious, but but still. Uh, Thank you very much, Marcus, and thank you very much, Josh. Um, Also in the VIP this week is Ben Stevens, who also wrote us a lovely message. I won't read it out, but he did write a nice message to us. Oh, was it a nice message? Oh, that's nice. No, it was a lovely message, yeah, saying why he joined up and and all that, and recent convert to the pod. So that's very nice of you, Ben. Thank you. He says, so no, he didn't say this. This is what I'm saying that I think Ben is. Uh, a scruffy winger who does a sideline in selling clearly knackered shelving units on local Facebook groups for what are best described as complete piss-take prices. <laughs> and yet... Are you talking complete... Are we talking complete piss take derisory or way too much for the money? Yeah, way too much. Like a proper like like, okay, like yeah, imagine yeah. like a, a Billy IKEA bookcase that's ten years old. All the all the all the shelves are bowed from the weight that's been on them for years. Yeah. And he's trying to quid. flog it for thirty quid, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. yet people buy them. Nobody knows why, yeah. but they do. We've discussed on this podcast in the past how when we moved into this house there was a lot of tat. Wasn't there lots of nobody? So much gnomery and weird garden ornaments, and we made about five hundred quid selling this, and <laughs> you know stuff that I genuinely thought I was going to have to buy a skip for. Um, 
to just strange people who wanted weird garden ornaments. We were digging up some stuff in the garden and found a weird like fairy the other day, and my wife stuck it on Facebook for five quid, and someone bought it, and then they came round and bought a knackered bench for the same people saw a knackered bench in our garden and were like, you're getting rid of that as well? And we are like, yeah. So we've slipped up here. We could Tenor. have created a 15 quid Patreon tier and you got some of Josh's nomery <laughs> if you joined that tier. Because <laughs> there's obviously Fist- a market for it. So, Yeah, yeah, 15 quid a month and I will find something in my garden and send it to you. Right. Thank you very much. Patreon.com slash blood and mud should you wish to engage in any of that and get the full Mm -hmm. episode as of a couple of weeks hence right then so we begin as we always begin with a player spotted do we not indeed mark abrahams who is a patron he's patron message this in good lad he says i was taking the baby out on a walk in the pram this afternoon to get him to sleep and spotted the impot first of all that's your first mistake mark because if he needs to be walked about to get to sleep are you going to undo yourself from that then at two o'clock in the morning? Think on, come on. Yeah, that's um, a really good point. But actually. I remember your pain. I remember your pain. I had a friend of mine who used to drive around in the car with his babies to get it to sleep and then obviously was driving around in the car at half past two in the morning. <laughs> Luckily I had any wine. Anyway, so he'd taken a pra- oh, the baby for a walk. I spotted the imposing form of Exeter's battering ram himself, Dave Ewers, out for a cool. stroll around the quay. Don't know what quay that is, Mark. I'm assuming somewhere in Exeter. Um, looking a bit bruised from the sale match of the weekend. This is obviously last week, is it? Mm. So that is uh, Dave Ewers out for a stroll. Dave Ewers, now, nobody's talking about Dave Ewers much anymore. Do you remember when he was a huge thing, Dave Ewers? Yes. Is it just because Dave Ewers got old and that's Is he that old? Is he, what, about 27 now, I would guess, is he? He's 30 now. No. I think he was older than everyone expected when everyone was banging the Dave Ewers for England thing. Yeah, because he was Zimbabwe. He's Zimbabwean, isn't he? No, that's the young, that's the beardy one. No, Dave Ewers is Zimbabwean. Is he Zimbabwean as well? As well? The other one, yeah, was yeah, yeah, Zimbabwean. I can't remember his name now. The one who everyone thought wanted but, to play at six for ages. Yeah, Don Armand. And then yes, maybe they they came as a package. Who knows? <laughs> but um, yeah, so he's been around for ages, and it was only really. Like he was, did he? Has he actually played? Did he actually play for England in the end, or was he in that Barbarians game where Callum Sheedy and <laughs> half the current Wales squad played? He for didn't England play that for England. Day. No, I think he was in a. He was in a couple of squads, wasn't he? Here we go. Yeah, he was called up to the squad in 2016, but never actually got a cap. And he was in that England that Barbarian squad. It was in a Barbarian squad in 2014. Yeah, those are the days, eh? As so, an England yeah. squad to play the Barbarians, not a Barbarian squad, to clarify. Anyway, Ooh. so Dave Ewers, always flabbergasted by the size of Dave Ewers' arse. Yeah. Like a suitcase. He's a really oddly proportioned... He's a really oddly proportioned bloke, full stop, is Dave Ewers. His head is fucking gigantic as well. Yeah. And big just lad. Like, well, you know, like, he is, he's 18 stone. He's a very big man. man. Yeah, but... Uh, yeah. There's something about him that just looks... I mean, obviously... Obviously, Eddie Jones thinks this. There's something about him that just looks strange. He just won't tolerate people with massive arses. He's, he hasn't got on board with the new internet theme of 
you know, bootylicious, whatever you want to call it. Listen to me, I've got no yeah. idea what I'm talking about. You, you no idea. Yeah, you sound, you sound exactly like you know what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> continue, please. <laughs> I know I'm trying to keep right in the zeitgeist of the now by quoting a Destiny's Child song from from whenever, well, 13 years ago or something. Oh, way more than that. <laughs> if you're talking about bootylicious, that's a lot more than fucking 13 years. Is mate. it? Oh, Let's find I'm, out. I'm so old Let's now. find out. Uh, Beautylicious uh, is twenty years ago. Oh, good lord! It came out in two, came out in May on May twentieth, two thousand and one. So, uh, yeah, twenty years ago. I wonder if people are still not ready for the jelly, even to this day. I think they, if, if they're not ready by now, they never will be. <laughs> frankly, it's been twenty years. So there you go. That was the oldest bastard section I've ever done on this pod, and I've done a Jesus. few. So that says quite a bit. So. <laughs> Uh, so they could play spotted. Thank you very much, Dave. You was on the kid. Indeed. I hope you got your baby to indeed. sleep, Mark, and I hope your indeed. baby and your family and everything are doing very well. So, uh, if you want to get in touch with the play spotted, you can do at Blood and Mud on the Twitter or lateblooddandmud.com or the Patreon messaging service. Please send them in. I'm amazed people are still doing them because it can't be easy That's to spot right. people this day and age. So genuinely, yeah, it must be very hard. I, I certainly haven't seen any rugby players recently. Well, we're getting like creepy, weird text message ones, I mean, I'm a- things like that. Yeah. Shall we do some news? I think we probably should, shouldn't we? The Champions Cup draw has been made for the last 16. That's the first big bit of news. It has, yeah. All the European knockout things have been knocked, you know, on the basis of the world's least uh, demanding and comprehensive group stage ever. (laughs) How many games were actually played? Six? Two? Three? (laughs) I think it was two because yeah, I think we only managed two games, which is just two games per team or two games in total or two rounds. Oh, I mean, if two rounds, I think they managed in the end, didn't they? Yeah, I thought. See, I was saying six games in total. (laughs) Probably is about that. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was probably not much more than that. It was one of the French teams that played each other, wasn't it? And other. We had, we had one week of sensible. We had one week of we had one week of sensibleness. We had a second week where half the games were called off, and then they fucking knocked it on the head. Yeah. So the last sixteen, the, <laughs> how they've arrived at the last sixteen, I'm not even going to attempt to understand our. Genuinely, I don't understand it. But here we are. So the last sixteen, because Exeter uh, are through, and they were shit. Just don't bother trying to understand. Yeah. Um. So we've got Monster versus Toulouse. So Toulouse are coming to town. Yeah, that'll be fun. It will be, won't it? Gloucester are playing La Rochelle. Again, how are Gloucester through? And La Rochelle are going to put 7 million points on Gloucester because La Rochelle are hot piss and the top of top 14. Gloucester are through on reputation alone. They like teams with a poor (laughs) reputation to be the last 16. Genuinely, if any other French team... Like any other, like a French team away at any other Premiership team, I'd say they'll probably have a hard time here. But that La Rochelle team is absolutely fucking stacked with good stuff, and Gloucester, a Gloucester. It's got your favourite. They've got your favourite player. Don't forget La Rochelle, Gordon. Oh, I do like Kevin Gordon. Yeah, Gordon Ald. They've got a Gordon. Aldrich Victor Vito back row, which is just one of the most fun back rows in isn't rugby. Isn't it? Is Gordon, he's yeah. out of favour, Gordon, isn't he now? <laughs> yeah, he is. Lovely player, though. Unbelievably handsome as well. 
There's just something about a French back row, isn't there? French yeah, back row, French half back. It's just it's all over. Yeah. Uh, what else we got? Wasps are playing Claremont. That should that that looks nice. That could be a very fun game, actually. Couldn't it? Yeah. Uh, Exeter Chiefs versus Leon uh, is going to be unwatchable because. <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> we all know what extra are like and Leon are you know basically Leicester circa 2005 but in modern form big lads and nothing else Leinster are playing Toulon would have been a, a hugely compelling tie <laughs> imagine this was 2015 five or ten years ago <laughs> yeah exactly whereas now it's like oh you know that's a walkover for Leinster then nice yeah probably or oh. It depends if they start Johnny Sexton, in which case it might be quite tight. Yes. Now, here comes the fucking jazz jazz, by the way. Bordeaux versus Bristol. Here we go. Get the party poppers out for that one. The Radranda Derby. And we had, don't forget, we had this in the semi final of the Challenge Cup last season, and it was an absolutely fucking belting game. (laughs) Absolute banger. I don't, yeah, I don't see any reason why this one would be just as good. Racing 92 will host Edinburgh, so that was nice when it lasted for Edinburgh, wasn't it? (laughs) But that, again, might be an unbelievably unwatchable game because we know that Racing do not always play the most pretty rugby and are capable of playing some truly retrograde stuff when they want to. And Edinburgh basically only scored about four tries all season. So attritional, I think, is the, the word we'll be using a lot there. And then Scarlet's play Sale in the battle of, um, you know, grounds that look like a Tupperware container full of depression. <laughs> oh, I must the, say the Scarlet's the one Griff. is better than the Sale one. It is. It's the Will Griff John Derby. That's the... Uh... <laughs> Lovely. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> big rivalry, that, Scarlet's uh, Yeah, big, big rivalry between those two teams. Uh, yeah, and and then, but we've also got a path to the the knockouts, of course. Yes, so, we have. Yeah, uh, quarterfinals will be Exeter or Leon versus Leinster or Toulon. Now you have my attention. Mm. So Ex- Le- Ex- Leinster. I mean, be- again, an ex one of Exeter or Leinster will not get past the quarterfinal stage. So everybody wins there some way. <laughs> Yes, uh, and then we can have Wasps Claremont, Claremont versus Munster or Toulouse. Which, yes, please, absolutely. La Rochelle, not Gloucester versus La Rochelle. <laughs> La Rochelle might be at home to Scarlets or Sale. La Rochelle so at Scarlets at home, but a... I think Sale have turned a bit around, haven't they, Alex Anderson? Oh, so... Sale have got something about them now. Yeah, not that they had nothing about them under no. Your man last season, but I feel like yeah, they they'll cause problems for the Scarlets. But I, uh, good game on the cards there, I reckon. Ooh, and then Bordeaux or Bristol versus Racing ninety two probably. Yeah, Bristol at home versus Racing though, I would fancy them if they can get past Bordeaux. So they'll be on the ninth to the eleventh of then, April. Will they be allowing ten thousand people in by then, or is that just the football? Uh, I don't know. Who knows anymore, really, let's be no, honest. I've yeah. given up time. I mean, I'm in Wales, so it's different rules anyway. I think they're opening the barbers next week. Oh, Wales. really? Oh, we yeah. don't get those for ages. But I, and they announced that roughly three hours after my wife cut my hair 
on Saturday. <laughs> that looked like it was going to happen. So she, had, she did a good job, though. I have to say, she did a very good job. So, But I can say that because you can't see me. Indeed. And just to confirm all of those people, I'm not bald. <laughs> no. I'm not bald. People think very, I'm bald. I'm not bald. It looks it's, 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 a, it's a solid haircut. I'm going uh, to the uh, same barbers this weekend. Ah, okay. yes. Very good job was done last time. So, you know. As soon as he announced the, the, the lockdown just before Christmas, I went straight onto Argos and bought clippers this time. Didn't make the mistake I made last time, trying to buy same. clippers three weeks same. in, and they were nowhere to be sat yeah. found. I managed to buy some clippers first time around, but they were like basically beard trimmers, and they were fucking dreadful. Well, I Whereas had a beard time, trimmer because I, like, I have a beard. Plug in, jobby. Yeah, yes. I had beard trimmers. I have a beard. So in the first lockdown, my hair was cut with the battery-powered beard trimmer. Same. It struggled. It struggled deeply. Big style. Yeah. I had to... The battery was so shit on the one that I bought first time around. We had to pause the haircut halfway through and then leave it for, for two hours for the battery to recharge, it, which was a you, real fun time. I don't mind what, telling you. When you do clippers, you're supposed to go against the grain of the hair, aren't you? As you go up and, and blend yes. it. The, the, my beard trimmer couldn't do that on my hair. It just stopped dead. <laughs> we had to go the other way. Just straight up. We had, to, we, had to, we had to go downwards with it, with the grain of the hair, because it was not having it at all. So, I mean, if it struggled with your hair, Josh, I mean, no offence, but you can imagine the, the, the time it had with mine. Oh, yeah. So, You've got very thick hair. I don't fancy that at all. But, yeah, so, I'm straight into the, you know, plug-in clippers of the future, everybody. They are. 40 quid, mine were. Phillips something or other from Argos. And Argos deliver now, same day. Yeah, same. Three quid or same. something. And some van turns up two hours later. It's very odd. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? Uh, right then. Uh, that was the... We look forward to the... Well, the, the round of 16 is the 2nd to the 4th of April. So actually a couple of weeks after the Six Nations winds up. So that's something to look forward to, isn't it? Provided it goes ahead. Fingers crossed. Yeah, exactly. Provided it goes ahead. Now then, Indeed. what have we got for the rest of the news? Josh, where have you got? Oh, we've got this bloody loads of news. For starters, um, the Lions are definitely going to be in the UK this time. No, really, for real. There's there's talk that the government has agreed to underwrite some parts. Yeah, actually, you know what? Should we do what we do with the Lions squads and say that until somebody actually fucking confirms <laughs> whether or not this tour is going to go ahead? <laughs> yeah, because it's just constant fucking speculation and leaks and we talk about it every week and then by the next week it's changed so let's just say I'm going to say anything about the fucking whether there will or not be or won't be a Lions tour until somebody actually decides for real tells us all unless somebody submits a shit good and we'll read that out but we're not getting involved yeah Uh, speaking of Lions though um, Gatlin's rumoured coaching team is stacked what is it? If he gets what he wants, uh, he wants Gregor Townsend as his attack. I think he'll say yes this time. Coach. I think if it's based in the UK, and let's face it, Scotland isn't going to aren't going to have a tour this summer, hmm. or seems quite unlikely. I see no reason why not. Uh, he wants Andy Farrell and John Mitchell, which indicates that Gatlin might be expecting an attritional tour. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, Graham Roundtree, Steve Borthwick, uh, and Neil Jenkins. Steve Borthwick purely as line-out coach, uh, Roundtree as scrum coach, Neil Jenkins kicking coach. You know, that's some Avengers-level shit, that. that like really three is, current, yeah. Three current or former Six Nations head coaches. Um, a defence coach that got his team to a World Cup final 
12 months ago. Uh, a club head coach with a huge thing. Uh, the most respected kicking coach in the world. And Graham Rowntree, who's just still there. Coached England scrum, didn't he? 2015. Yeah, he's with Georgia now, isn't he? I think. Last I heard, yeah. which was that brilliant picture yeah. of him sat with the two head Georgian rugby guys and him sat in between them and they're both yes. all deadpan. <laughs> it looks like a, it looks like a Chernobyl press conference. It absolutely does, yeah, yeah. But yeah, if Gatlin, there's talk that Gatlin might have to choose between Farrell or Mitchell. Um, but if he gets all of those, I mean, Jesus Christ, that is a coaching team and a half. It is, isn't it? Uh, what else have we got here in the news? Um, Matt Gitto is a Gilgrony now. Yes, or he, he he is the David Beckham of Major League Rugby. Uh, at least that's what the early, the Giltinis are saying after they Sorry, signed he's him. He's a Giltini, not a Gilgrony. I got my fucking stupid yeah, names the, mixed up. The, the Gilgronies are the Austin guys, and the Giltinis are the LA guys, and they're both made up cocktails. <laughs> Bye. The guy that owns both teams. I mean, it's fun. Like, why not? Like, the MLR is very silly. The Giltinis are extremely silly. So why not have Matt Gitto? It's entirely, you know, and if you were Matt Gitto, why the fuck not? Get to play with your old mate Adam Ashley Cooper again. And to play with Adam Ash. Get to live in LA. Although that's a good thing. California's meant to be lovely. uh, You've been. (laughs) Yeah, lovely place, great weather. Geological pressure cooker. There's no getting away from it. But <laughs> you know, but you know, swings and roundabouts. He lives in Australia as well, though, doesn't he? Which is yeah, not a geological so pressure it's, cooker, it's but there are just things, even... are, things that are going to kill you around every corner in Australia, aren't there? Exactly. There's slightly fewer things in Los Angeles that are going to kill you when you go to the toilet. Yeah. Than there are in Australia, so I'd consider that a win personally. It's amazing how many Australians mall about in flip flops when there's something waiting to kill you at all times. I'd have fucking long johns on and everything <laughs> if I was living over there. Same, same. <laughs> uh, right, what else have we got news wise? Shane Lewis Hughes is out for the whole season. How's your look? Yeah, done his shoulder, which is a shame. Yeah, it's a shame. Hey, I was really looking sorry. forward. Hey, I was really looking forward to him fucking putting a shoulder into a certain London Irish fly-off when they play him in the Challenge <laughs> Cup in a couple of weeks. So, Oh, well. Yeah. So, uh, the... Yeah, shame for him, though, because he's had a good season. Was he slowly eased out of Wales contention after them having a quick look? Was that, was that, he wasn't injured, was he? Was he just kind of, we've had a look and we're storing you <clears> up No, he was... Basically, yeah. They, they were like, well, you had a go in the autumn, you played very well, uh, this is what we'd like you to work on, we're going to go with some older heads for the Six Nations, which I think was pretty reasonable. To yeah, be fair. fair enough. Uh, the Women's Six Nations is off. Sorry, the Women's yes. World Cup is off. The Women's Six Nations is actually shortened yes. because they obviously keep treating it's women's rugby like it's dispensable is... and not the same as other sports, which is a bigger question yeah. that needs to be addressed, methinks. But um, World Rugby yeah. pledging two million quid. They're going to give some money in lieu of the World Cup to the teams. Yeah, a high performance fund to keep basically keep teams together and training for another year. Like it sounds like a lot of money, and then you think two million quid between twelve teams and all of the staff that supports them is not a great fucking lot of money no. to support. You know, supposedly elite athletes 
I mean, they're yeah, not meant to pay for it all, are they? It's it's the income you'll have lost. No, it's to, it's to help to help with the loss and to ensure, you. yeah, to ensure that there still will be twelve teams that are capable of competing in the World Cup this time next year. But which, on the one hand, I suppose, it, is yeah. good, but it's it's the well, they're doing the what same, they can, I guess. Yeah. yeah, they're doing what they're doing what they can with the you know limited money that World Rugby has has got at the moment, but. It does, as you say, it does really feel like women's rugby is just gets fucking shifted around like nobody's business, and it's so frustrating. But women's sport generally, a lot of it's just not being treated in the same elite way as the men, yeah, isn't yeah. it? They're just cancelling it very quickly no, while really pulling not. out everything to keep men's sport well, going. Which you know, well, there was a thing today that I read about how I read a thing, um, sport like I think it was one of the British sporting bodies that's in charge i can't remember which one of um of athletes at tokyo 2020 is has had to de- is developing a, a sports bra for female athletes to wear um at tokyo this year or has mm. developed one because they found out that 85 percent of female athletes had never been properly fitted for a fucking sports bra and that just that stat just made my in in England, you know, in Britain. Now we're not just like mm. these are professional fucking world class Olympic level athletes, and they such is the fucking tokenistic nonsense of female sport that they're not even getting fitted for a fundamental piece of athletic equipment when they're As competing at the very their, highest level. Their governing bodies and aren't making equipment available to them is what you mean in terms of why it's a yeah and they're not you know it's not being treated it's not being treated as in something important that they have something that fits them properly you know Mm. Uh, i I literally read that before i came on air and got really angry for a couple of minutes so (laughs) there we go fair enough (laughs) got got yourself nice and primed for the episode i like it um what else have we got news-wise anything Ah, uh, yes, yeah, fair bits and bobs. Uh, Leicester have taken a leaf out of sales book and signed a load of South Africans uh, in the shape of uh, Marco van Staden, Eli Snyman, uh, and Francois van Wyk. Um, they haven't signed Springboks like they have, though, and that's the mistake they've made. The <laughs> ideal option is you sign a, a one to ten, a one to fifteen cap Springbok, and then and then you're fine. These lads haven't, haven't quite got there. A yet. couple of inexplicable Russians on the bench. And you got the you got the template sorted. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, Johnny Sexton is the bookie's favourite to not be included in the Lions squad, which is funny. Um, you take bets on that, like Natalie, who's not, not going to be in the Lions squad. They could bet on a lot of people. Yeah. Apparently, uh, the, I was going to say it's like me being not favourite to win Mister <laughs> Universe this year. To be honest, it's like I'm, <laughs> I'm sure somebody would allow you, allow you to place a bet on it, but I'm not sure why you'd bother. Um, yeah, apparently the bookies have picked their thir- like the thirty players that they think will be in the Lions squad, and John Sexton is not one of them. And of course, he's not. Have you seen how that guy is fucking playing at the moment? Yeah, but. We can't speculate who will get in ahead squad, of him. And his because... squad contains... Oh, no. We can just say that he's not the best 10 in the Ireland squad at the moment and that Ireland squad contains a Burns. <laughs> but I can never remember which one is which. That's how forgettable he is. Billy's the Irish one. Freddie's the one that did one flat yeah. pass for England and everyone thought he was the next <laughs> Barry John, but English. Uh, it turns Freddie out he was just to be clear. that try that. 
Yeah. Is Freddie the guy that dropped that pass that time? Yes, and isn't he playing in I'll Japan? That now? Try. Yeah, He's yeah. in Japan now, isn't he? He's in Japan now, although apparently he wants to come home already, which, you know, I'm sure it's been very lucrative. Um, speaking of wanting to come home, uh, Bristol are absolutely fucked for fly-offs at the moment because um, obviously Callum Sheedy's off with Wales. Yeah. Yoan Lloyd's got himself injured. Uh, Sam Bedlow got himself quite rightly banned for <laughs> doing a good old-fashioned tip tackle against London Irish a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and one of their other reserve tens, I think possibly the legend that is Tiff Eden, is also injured. I think he's only, he, so... he only exists in legend now. He'll never be seen again. He'll just be <laughs> yeah. hushed in whimsical chat Legend and hair. People will look into the distance. <laughs> And so did I remember once lovely, there was a player. I, I can't think of his name now. He, his hair flowed in the wind, and so did all the he passes had he overthrew. lovely flowing hair. You've got to give it to him. It was just billowing. That big lad, a terrible outside half, really bad. <laughs> anyway, even he's not fit. Um, so they have no senior or academy tens They have no available. adults available oh. to play ten. Yeah. Yes, so um, the solution that Pat Lamb's thrown out there is that they might have to play Ewan uh, Lloyd's little brother, Jack, uh, a 10 against Wasps on Saturday. Now, imagine Ewan think, think about how little Ewan Lloyd is. And imagine yeah, him imagine having a little, little brother. brother he could be them an ironic ones, though. Exactly. He's, got, he's got a little brother they call Tiny, who's actually six foot four. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I can't find any photos of him. He doesn't seem to exist. He's so young. He hasn't even got like an academy page on the Bristol website. He is literally just 18. Like if this match had happened a couple of weeks ago, legally he would not be allowed to play in it because you have to be 18 to play in senior I'd love rugby. if he's actually a ringer that they're saying is Johan Lloyd's brother. This is Jack Lloyd, <laughs> Johan's brother. I'm sorry, but that is Brock James. No, it isn't. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's 18 sorry, years old. <laughs> that's definitely Danny Cipriani. <laughs> Fuck me. Why are Bristol not signing Danny Cipriani on like a fucking month contract for a laugh? Yeah, it's not like because he could just go, I want half a million quid. And then that, and Steve yeah. would just go, Yeah, done, fine, no problem. Yeah, all right. Just if anyone asks, you're on minimum wage, all right? Oh, yeah. 40 minutes of Stephen Lewitton yes. and 40 minutes of Semiram Drandra outside half. Surely he's got to be something they consider. Well, this is the thing. Um, apparently, Pat Lamb said that they're also continue, considering playing Charles Piatow at, at 10. Well, that'd be tasty. Um, and the only... I, I, I absolutely bang up for that, to be honest. The only thing is that um, Lamb has said that Piatow can't kick goals for fucking Toffee. So... It's going to be all kicks to the corner and quick taps, which I'm fine with. That would absolutely suit both Bristol's general philosophy and especially a Charles Piatow at 10. Apparently, Semi wants to play 10 as well, but I mean, that almost sounds unfair. Imagine Semi, imagine him running at you from 10. I think he should play 10, but he should just run from 12 metres deep each time I take a flat pass off the fly, yes, off the scrub exactly, out. That's what he should exactly, do. Yeah. That's exactly what you should do. And good fucking luck stopping it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Will's crash ball 10. But you won't need, Piotr does play, I, you, won't, you won't need to kick goals if your seven tries to one up within 35 minutes, will you? No, so, exactly. Imagine, imagine like, good luck defending the 10 channel with his sidestepping and his ridiculous passing. 
And right. Colby played there last week, of course. Didn't I said, so, fuck it, why not? Exactly, yeah. I mean, I think it's a much better idea than letting an actual baby do it. <laughs> yes. So. <laughs> Indeed. Game management quite poor over here. Still have got his baby teeth over here. I think, you know, we might have to make a risk-based yeah. decision on this one. <laughs> Ultimately, it's against wasps. So, like, you know, it's going to be a silly game It'll where be... everybody just throws the ball around for fun. Why not? Be, as a Beach Boy said, fun, fun, fun till daddy takes the T-bird away, probably. It's exactly that, yeah. Right then, that is the news. Is that the news? Was that all you had left? Have you got uh, the All the old men have re-signed with the IRFU uh, is the only other bit of news. Omani, Sexton, Keith Earls, all the players that absolutely don't need to keep playing for Ireland uh, will be around for at least another season. I think Omani's so. played okay, I think, and yeah. He did it. Well, before, you know... Yeah, Armani's the only... Well, he's Win got himself a two... People are angry. <laughs> People are angry that he's got himself a two-year deal. Uh, that does seem a bit which, odd. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it does seem a little bit much. But, you know, whatever. He's, he's the only one that's arguably still sort of test standards. So, and that I guess was, keeping him around. Why not? That, that was... The week that was. The news that was, that was the week, yes. There's good birthday surprises, like when your friends throw you a party. And bad ones, like realising you're so old, you can't blow out all your candles in one go. At Phonewatch, we're celebrating 30 years of protecting Irish homes. And we've got a birthday surprise for you. For a very limited time, get a Phonewatch alarm installed for only €30. Euro. Yes, just €30. Euro. Offer ends November 30th, so order right away at phonewatch.ie. Monitoring fees apply. As more sectors across Ireland are reopening, the COVID-19 pandemic unemployment payment is changing. If you're currently receiving this payment, the amount you receive will change from the 16th of November. To find out more about how these changes will affect you, visit gov.ie forward slash PUP changes. A Government of Ireland initiative brought to you by the Department of Social Protection. Mm. Right, so shall we talk about predictions for the coming resumption of the Six Nations this weekend? I think we probably should. We've been trying to put our money where our mates are with our production predictions with our friends at who knows wins.com, uh, where you basically mm. well, you throw a fiver in every week, and if you make the, the correct predictions in the Six Nations weekly pot, you get a share of the pot. And let me tell you something, Josh. I got a share of that mm. pot last week. Do you know why I got a share of that pot last week? Why? Because I made all the correct predictions because I ignored your pessimism and I changed our on-air prediction when it came for me to put my money where my mates were and changed it to Wales winning because I thought, I've got a feeling about this. So that's why I am now a little bit richer this week and I'm not sharing Hello. any of it with you because you've got no No, faith. that's fair enough. You know what? I will... The reason that I'm always terrible when I, I, I sort of play a, a Six Nations prediction pool with my mates and I always do terribly because I will never back Wales, regardless <laughs> of... <laughs> but it's good this Who Knows Wins thing because you literally just do that. You chuck a five in, you pick who's going to win. You don't have to do points margin or anything. You just pick a score. Yeah. You Sorry, you just pick a result. There's no odds. There's no fucking mither about worrying about how much money you're losing and all that stuff. You can set limits on how much you put in and all that stuff. But anyway, it's only a five or a week to join the Six Nations one. So so knock yourselves out. Indeed. Get yourselves in there. Who knows wins.com. So then, what are we going to predict 
on UnosWins.com this week, Josh, because we've got... Shall we go in chronological order, as we like to do with these things? Yes, let's do that. Italy will play Wales in the first game on Saturday. I am covering this game. I'm the one that they follows will. it. And Wales have done us a favour here by uh, just picking their fucking... Like, done a Gatland. Put it out Tuesday. Yeah. Don't give a fuck what they you're They just put it out on Tuesday for a laugh. Why not? Um... Yeah, so and he's also and sensibly, I think he's basically gone full welly. It's uh, you know, I was very, I'm very surprised. Well, Adam Beer, it's, it's, it's we go again, isn't it? Yeah, and Adam because that's because Adam Beer has played more minutes than every any other all of the players in the England pack, the Six Nations. So like, he probably needs a fucking, you know, give the guy a couple of weeks off. Why not? Yeah, indeed. It's uh, and Corey Hill's not exactly a yeah, terrible replacement, it's, is he? It's no, and Jake Ball can come off the bench and have his fiftieth and probably last cap. <laughs> so yeah, there's no sense that that Adam. Well, it, no, it likely will be. He's off to uh, pastures new in the summer down back in Australia. So you know he's he's definitely sticking to what he knows here. The temptation would really have been to fucking keep. You know, to go give Cal Sheedy a start, and you know maybe try to mix it up a little bit. But no, he's just gone. Fuck it, I'll stick with literally the exact same team, bar one or two. Oh, Gareth Davis is starting the England game. Gareth Davis, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's only because that's only because Hardy's out for the rest of the Six Nations, and then Thomas Williams comes onto the bench, which is not a bad replacement. Lloyd Williams, but like Thomas Williams is still. Oh, is Thomas still? Oh. I, I genuinely, I love all of them are in, are in ahead of Reese Webb. It was Thomas, obviously, goes without saying. I mean, he's yeah, let's not go there. But I look at that team and I think Wales are, are going in there to not fuck about, which is a good thing to do, really, because too often over the years, uh, Wales have fucked about when it came to Italy and they've made their life unnecessarily difficult, and so. Uh- yeah, I've never been one about momentum or not overly about momentum, but I do think there is something about not keeping the momentum going because that's daft, but just keeping what has been developing going. And surely if you've, they, they, they've been getting better at stringing most a number of things together in quite tough and tight games. So why would you not let them have something that looks like, looks like on paper should be a lot easier and let them actually develop yeah, a bit I'll, more, you know? And Wales historically, even if you don't believe in momentum, Wales are very much a confidence team. You know, they 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 can they play better when things are going their way, and when they they sort of believe. You know, the self belief is a big thing for Wales, and I think you know, sput a sputtering win over Italy would not have got them in the best shape for France. Whereas, you know, now hopefully they have enough in that team that they can put Italy away quite handily and then go into France feeling like, you know, maybe they can win that game and win the whole thing. Still can't quite believe it, even no matter how many times you say it, that that is an actual realistic possibility. The Jam Slam. Speaking of the Jam Slam, this is how I predict it's going to go, right? Yeah, I... An incredibly tight contest, I yeah, think. Yeah. Italy are going to surprise people. Um, and Italy are going to be up 
with seconds left, up by a score with seconds left, holding Wales mm. near their own line. But Garbisi's going to lose his footing. Mm. Negri will trip over him and do a full-on flying headbutt on Callum Sheedy as a result. Callum Sheedy's boot will fly off, hit Carlo Canna in the mouth. His two front teeth will fly out, lodging Sharif Traore's eyes, who will run blindly and pick up Willis Halaholo and spear tackle him, completely blind. Two red cards. Wales have a penalty. They kick to touch. They miss touch. But Mori, who's off the bench, loses it in the sun. It bounces back off his head, but luckily into the arms of Tommaso Allen. Unfortunately, Tommaso Allen listens to Sanjay shouting, left shoulder, and mistakenly passes it to him. Sanjay feeds Reece who scores under the posts. Sheedy's off the field because he's been flying head-butted by Negri. So Tipperick has to tick, kick sticks to win. He steps up, it bounces off two posts, I mean, back right out, that. off Lazzaroni's bald pate and back over the posts. Wales win by one point. Jam slam. See, I'd be, I, I was right there with you until you accused Justin Tipperich of not calmly and professionally yeah, stroking there, the ball I? through the centre of the uprights. <laughs> Nonchalantly, I mean, without not... pulling a face of any kind. <laughs> yeah. Keeping his scrum hat on. Keep your scrum cap on as well. Yeah. <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, I think uh, this is an absolute. I mean, well, Italy have shown nothing yeah. other than taking a paste in, is what might happen here. Yeah, I mean, I think Italy. I mean, my, my prediction for Italy seems to be the same every week, which is I reckon they might score a couple of nice tries, uh, but they still don't see, you know, unless they've dramatically improved their defence since the Ireland game or any of the other games, um, we're looking at, yeah, a, a comfortable, you know, 20, 30 point win for Wales, I would hope. Yes. Uh, then we move on to the afternoon, late afternoon kickoff, which is England versus we France. Do. Have England played on a Sunday yet? I don't think they have, yes. you know. No, I don't think they have. They're usually prime time, aren't they? So, mm. so they're playing France. Fall, they? Yes. Uh, France, hot off the presses, are, uh, are going to be without Bernard Leroux, who's been uh, ruled out due to injury, who's which been is put a real in prison big... Because everyone's found that enough of all those <laughs> shenanigans. <laughs> yeah. Um, your massive loss for France, that, I think. I think people don't appreciate how good he is and how much of an absolute fucking new- shithouse nuisance he is. And people um, focus on that, but they forget how hard he works. Yeah. He he absolutely fucking works his socks off for that team and enables the you know, both the locks do to be fair, but like that graft is what enables all of the other fancy fun stuff to happen at Fran- with France, I think. And I think they'll they'll miss him quite a bit. So He's out, but I think everybody else is kind of back after what is, I suppose, a bit of a nice rest rest for France, assuming nobody's got long yeah, COVID or like... anything like that, or nobody's been too ill with it. They've all been off with so what feels like a bit of flu for a week, and then back they come, I guess. Yeah, provided they're all okay, it's uh, it's a pretty good lineup, you know. They're all the big guns are back, even Hunter Max back in the squad, you know. It's this should be France more or less as they were last season and as we sort of have expected them to be at their best. But they never really have been this year. So 
They've think, been brilliant, at the, but never hitting the heights of what we expected of them. And that's probably our fault, to be honest. <laughs> Most things are. So, yeah, it's true. The, the um, I do think Intermat back makes a difference. Actually, I think you forget you're, they've, they've been spluttering. I love Jalabert, but I do think Intermat gives them that little bit of a extra grease on the beautiful engine out the back, doesn't it? So, um. I think that yeah. will make a difference if he does start. And also, there was nothing that suggested in the last 20 minutes of England's last outing that they weren't just going to give away 38 penalties somehow. That's, so. the, that's the flip side. Of, yeah, that's the other thing with Intermac back as well. It's like if England are poorly disciplined, he will punish them without even you know, changing his beautifully coiffured hair. <laughs> it's... It's going to... England will need... I think... I don't know. Maybe I'm weird in that I believe in England a bit. But I believe that so bad was last week in terms of discipline and in terms of how they, you know, played in the last 15, 20 minutes of that game. I genuinely think there's something, you know, there will be a response Hmm. I think the um, I think they played that's the best they've played with the ball for quite some time so having had a couple of weeks yeah. to actually work on whatever it is is fucking causing the problem with the brain because it's not not fixable I think to be honest it's telling them to calm down a bit if anything and just engage the brain a bit more yeah. and I think if they could just um, like you know Tom Curry flying in from all angles a lot you know, that does, just doesn't need to happen. So I think they've, they've had a couple of weeks working on that and it's not that it's unfixable. So, and I think if they can play the way they played last week, there's talk about his Farrell still playing, but Ford, Farrell, Slade, and then the wingers showed last time out they can definitely create enough as an attacking pattern. There's no need to overly worry about that, really, if they can just get the discipline right. I'd still be tempted to play Max Malins at fullback because I do think that Elliot Daly did okay for about the first half hour, then faded. So I would, you know, what what are you really gaining by keeping him in there? You're trying to, you're almost asking him to play himself back into confidence, you know, after a year yeah. of not doing it at oh, an I international that... level. It doesn't make any sense to me. But whereas Max Malins obviously clearly believes he's fucking hot shit. And there's a lot to be said for that. Yeah. And, you know, he is playing with, you know, without wishing to sort of always bring it back to how somebody plays at club level. Like, it does, you know, make a difference that he, you know, Malins has been playing in a Bristol side that clearly just enjoy everything, you know? And they're having a good time, whereas Saracens doesn't feel like a particularly fun time place to be at the moment, which for a variety of reasons. <laughs> We're talking about this later, but this, this, I know yeah. you shouldn't, you know, revel in this, but fuck it, I'm doing it anyway. Well, the sides of Saracen is funny though, looking it? so downhearted in defeat in the middle of basically a fucking field with a shit scoreboard in the corner. It's just... It's, it's glorious, isn't it? It's just... It's just so well, unexpected. Of a it's world so unexpected. Ca- you know, yeah. It's, it's, you know, a, a, a guy that won the fucking World Cup less, you know, barely a year ago, 
getting his head shoved up his ass at the scrum by a bunch of blokes who have literally, you know, barely playing professional rugby at that level. You know, it's it's wonderful stuff and it's remarkable. But yeah, you know, that to me, people are talking about players like Saracens, England Saracens players being rusty. <laughs> I'm not sure that they're rusty. It's just I think that Saracens is probably a pretty shit place to be at the moment. It must be hard, must not it, to maintain all of that positivity and culture when, yeah, yeah, you have to face going on a coach. Yeah, all of the hashtag, yeah. all of the hashtag culture when you're playing away at fucking Cornish Pirates. And as we established is, last summer, when we both went, Cornwall is a fucking long way away. It's a long fucking way away, especially from London. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Going to go all the way around the M25. It's just not worth it. So. Prediction for England-France. I've got a sneaky suspicion this could be England by about five. I hate to agree with you, but I do agree with you. I think England by about four or five, yeah. I think there'll be a response. I, just, I think they'll, they'll... And I know home advantage isn't the I same now, but still, I think they'll, they'll want to prove some points here. No. Yeah. Home advantage, um, yeah, point to prove, and and a lot of you know bruised egos that will be looking to right the ship and right you know they won't have really many more opportunities as state lions claims. The fact of it is, they know, were about we talk. they were about five to ten percent away from getting. It. I know it sounds dark, but they lost by sixteen points in the end. But I do think they were ultimately yeah. about five to ten percent away from getting it right last last time out versus Wales. The last 20 minutes I agree with didn't you, yeah. go well. But I think it's just a matter of correcting some fucking basic shit, I think, to be honest. Because with the ball, they looked okay. Anyway, yeah. So there you go. That's our prediction. And then Sunday, we head to Edinburgh for Scotland versus Ireland. If, if history's going to tell us anything, Josh, is that Scotland are not going to do much here because they've only beaten Ireland six times in the last 27 and lost the last five. However, they hadn't won at Twickenham for 38 years either. So, yeah, I mean, Ireland could do Wales a big old favour, yeah. <laughs> and um, will you shout for but, Ireland though, Josh? Can you bring yourself to do that? I won't shout. I won't shout. I won't shout for anybody in this game because I'm sort of neutrally unbothered. But like, I don't know. I I just think Scotland have had a long time to think about things, you know, and they will have been very frustrated to not play last week. And that it's where they they were 1% away from beating Wales, weren't they? Let's be honest. They've got less to fix than England. Point point something of a percent away from beating (laughs) Wales. In fact, they were a hundred percent should have beat Wales, but somehow (laughs) didn't. Um, but it was, you know, that they they've had that frustration boiling for the best part of a month now, nearly. You know, it's course, it's all yeah. taken a very long time, and they it's how they've. I I don't I can't say how the squad has coped with that in the preceding you know three and a bit weeks, but. It would be. I'd be very interested to see what happens and how they come out and whether they come out starting as strongly and as positively as they have in the last two games, 
or whether you know a f- three weeks of sort of in you know not being sure and sort of games getting called off and all that sort of stuff whether it's just sort of thrown them off their rhythm a little bit because I feel like this Scotland team needs this is a very rhythm based Scotland team I feel and I kind of feel like they need to keep going and keep winning to sustain that not so much momentum but just that that positive mentality about where they're going and what they're doing because they kind of don't want to and obviously Wales was such a big sort of bump in the road for them there they've had nothing but think about the fact that they've lost for the last three weeks and it's I think though I think that Townsend's the type of coach who will just keep saying to them don't worry about it we played absolutely fine there are a yeah. couple of things. We had a red card. We actually played okay after that. A little bit of bad discipline towards the end. It's fixable. We're actually doing everything right. We we were doing everything right before. We've beaten England. And I do, I get the feeling that it seems a happier camp than it was last year. Russell seems happy yeah, again. Yeah, I really agree with that. Yeah. And I, I think he's got the knack of keeping people up, I think. Um, I, mean, I certainly hope so. It's the feeling I, think... I get. And I do think in some ways a bit more time to work on that team of his that is not emerging, it's emerged, but to, to consolidate that team, I think, would have been, once he got over the disappointment of it, I think it would have been quite good for them, actually. Yeah, that's a good point, because they've had, you know, three weeks together with nothing to really do, but, you know, obviously they've lost players who have to go away last week yeah. to, to do stuff and all that, sort of, to go back to their English clubs or whatever, but, you know, they've been together and they've they've, you know, had a, a whole week of training where they kind of just didn't have to have, do the hard bit at the end of it, you know? Wales so, got significantly better, didn't they? Having some time together to... Well, yeah. you, just don't, you don't know, dear. We don't know. I'm not in the fucking camp. But I do, I've got this feeling that... What I do know is every time... In the past 12 months in particular, every time Scotland have got together, they've come out of the end of it better. Mm. And I get the feeling that might happen again. And Ireland oh, yeah, on the other I hand, think it, that's not... Um, Go on, finish that point. Well, it's it's a case, I was about to say, and the flip side of that is whether Ireland are getting their shit together as they did in, you know, trips and drabs against Italy or whether it was just that was against Italy, you know? Mm. Were they putting things together a little bit in terms of personnel and in terms of how they want to play or was it just that Italy are fucking dreadful and... It made them look better. Yeah, it's hard to know. Is it the they've never lost the... the ability to defend, isn't it? Yeah. That's the, the thing that Ireland will always have. Their patterns did look better. Their attacking patterns looked better, and they looked to be a bit more inventive. Mm. Um, and it seems to be getting a bit more... And Sexton was playing better. However, there's no way that Scotland are going to give them the time to run those patterns that Italy did. And once you're in behind and that's Scotland, the thing. you're not going to get the fucking absolute shambles that is the Italian scramble defence. <laughs> well, a combination of sham- shambles and downright bone idleness, actually, on the on account of some of them. And you're not going to get that with Scotland, that, I don't that, think. Genuinely, they can't be fucked a lot of the time. It looks no, like. it's behind me now. I don't do anything now. It's behind me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. If Scotland come out with the line speed that they demonstrated against England in the first game, for example... Yeah, Ireland ain't doing fucking anything. And the breakdown. And the breakdown, it's true. Uh, yeah, so, prediction. I fancy Scotland. 
I fancy Scotland by not by a lot. I think it's going to be quite a nip-tuck game. And I could see Ireland nicking it in a really dour, joyless game. <laughs> yeah, but... winning, a winning kick by Asbo Face Sexton, Gurning and cheering. Yeah, 100%. That's not the thought you want, is it? <laughs> yeah, but my other than that, I'd say, yeah, like sort of Scotland by three. We apologise, Scottish listeners, for what we've just done, but we can't but be honest. Yeah. So, so that's our predictions. Chuck yours in at whoknowswins.com and see how you get on. Shall we move on to the shit good ratings to finish our our, our interim we Six Nations add. Fallow Week episode? So then, what, what have we got that's shit? Have you got a shit or should I go to the tweeter? Uh, Jack Knowles continued injury setbacks. Um, I mean, yes, it's a pity for him, uh, obviously, and for England for Exeter, but mainly because the longer he's injured, the more time he spends talking absolute shit on Twitter. Um, so get well soon, Jack, so that you can put the fucking phone down. <laughs> this is his constant, I don't like people getting sent off refrain, isn't it, really? Yeah, yeah. He's become the high priest of the game's gone soft over the last couple of weeks. And Jesus Christ, be quiet. Fisherman, though, isn't he? Something about that, I think. Mm. Mm. I don't know what. I'm just saying that as if it means something. Um, <laughs> but it's something. There's something there. I don't yeah. know what it is, but it's there. Uh, Border Badger know, gets know. in. Yeah, Border Badger. You know. Border Badger gets in touch and says, "Shit is the newspaper report. The Lions might save the Union as Scotland gets behind them by someone who obviously knows fuck all about recent Lions tours." <laughs> he also I mean, says, that's just a... "It's just unbelievable." Uh, isn't it? I'm very happy for the British and Irish Lions to continue with all four of the nations being separate countries as opposed to just two of them now. You know? I mean, Ireland, Ireland, funny, are, like, are Ireland are famously part of the union, aren't they? You know, I'm sure they must yeah. love this rhetoric yeah. being thrown out there. <laughs> what can you say? People Deep. are thick as fuck, aren't they? They are. Deeps gets in touch on the Twitter. He says, shit, my fingers are red raw from the amount of chef's kisses I've done since Saracens lost to Cornish Pirates. But a lot of this in the shit gun, I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I mean, it's just really funny, isn't it? It's just really... Because, re- like, Ealing have already lost, beaten them twice this year. I know it didn't count, but if you're telling me that Ealing aren't going to get a lot of confidence... And out of beating Saracens twice in the space of a couple of weeks. I mean, unless look at like promotion seasons in the championship, if you lose any games at all, that can usually go quite badly for you. Mm. So you look at Saris and you think, you know those plans you had to send Farrell and Marrow and everybody else out on loan to the South African teams to play the Rainbow Cup or whatever, lads? Maybe you should... Uh... Maybe you don't want to keep those guys around, otherwise you might not be fucking in the Premiership next season. I mean, it could have a, it's, you know, which would be the funniest thing that ever happened. There could be a ripple effect here, couldn't there? Because that point is a good one. Because if it doesn't go the way they want it to this season, they have no choice but to call back all of their big guns to say we've got to fucking save this season properly. And then, mm. what do England do then? 
I mean, at least there's the Lions this summer, so I suppose England aren't, so, you know, have got less to worry about summer tours-wise and stuff. Because you might, what would Eddie Jones do? Go and actually, they've all gone back to Saracens. They're just playing Championship rugby every week. They're not doing. I don't know what the answer is, but it'll be interesting to see if it actually does end up coming that going that way. Yeah, it's really interesting, and you know, it's it also like, you know, this is that it's not like this is unprecedented. I mean, it is because of Saracens being what they were when they went down and why they went down. But, like, let's not forget that the year that Exeter came up to the Premiership, you know, Bristol were had won basically every game that season. And the only game that they lost was the fucking uh, the final to Exeter. <laughs> and that totally changed the entire makeup of the Premiership for the next decade. Mm. And now we have, you know, double Euro- you know, European and Premiership Championship. It's like, these things can have little ripple effects that change the whole makeup of everything. You know, it doesn't mean that Saracens will be down in the fucking National One, although that would be really, really, really funny. Um, but, you know, Saracens will probably come straight up again next year. But it's it makes it harder and harder for t- for the Premiership to talk about ring fencing when these things can happen, especially if they start happening more regularly over the course of the season. It's a big it's a big problem for Premiership rugby if Saracens finish second. That's all I'm going to say. Back on the Twitter, Bailey and Aurora gets in touch and says, shit, is Rossythe Sharks, cl- Sharks clubhouse being set on fire? Yes, he messaged me about this as well. Some scropes have Ugh. set the clubhouse on fire. Luckily, it was caught in time to not do a lot of fire damage, but the gym's completely fucked. So they've actually got um, a crowdfunding site set up as well. So if you put Rossythe Sharks um, GoFundMe crowdfund thing into Google, you'll probably find the fact they're looking to get some donations. So we'll chuck some wedge your way and anybody else should as well because that's a shit thing to happen. I mean, kids, it's probably young kids. Mm -hmm. They're probably bored out their heads and that's no excuse, but they're all running around doing stupid shit now, aren't they? Preach. What else have we got here? Martin Lewis gets in touch, not the money guy. He says, shit, is the Ospreys getting beat by the Dragons and showing up how badly we need a defence coach? Yeah. That's all he's got to say, ladies and gentlemen. Also proof that we... Yeah, also the proof that if you don't have any good players, well, enough good players, then like the bits that work are not the bits that score points. It's the Ospreys are quite good at defending. They're not good at attacking. If you take away most of their good attacking players, unfortunately. Neil Webber gets in touch. Who thought? Who'd have, who'd have known? Neil Webber gets in touch. He says, "Shit, is rugby clubs seeing both Sale and Bristol this week not playing for players' medical insurance after injuries in training, leading to the players having to depend on GoFundMe and similar? Of course, these players are women. Yeah, links into what we said before, doesn't it?" Yeah, it's bollocks, you know. Don't know what else you can say. <laughs> Small man Peaky gets in touch. Yes. And Small man Peaky says, shit, his player's still not getting that they need to go lower to the tackle height. Ollie Thorley had zero mitigation and to see so many players and pundits decry this as the end of rugby is galling. It was one of those borderline ones, wasn't it? But I do think he did go in too high and ask for his head to run into somebody else. I think that's what the issue is. 
yeah it's a you know players simply have to to get a grip of it you know good then let's <laughs> move on to good we're having some technical problems. I'll just say right now, we're having some technical problems with yes. my voice being slightly delayed going through to Josh. If you notice, we're slightly off kilter at some point. <laughs> and there's like, nothing like, we can do about it's like it. we're talking on a transatlantic phone line. It's very odd. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, it's like we're commentating oh. on European football from 1975 in Bulgaria or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, good. J-Mask OC gets in yes. touch and he says, good is the mathematically satisfying full-time and half-time scores in Ulster versus Leinster. It was 12-24 at half-time and 19-38 at full-time. Perfect halves. I love it. Lovely stuff. There's a, uh, there's a, 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 twit, a, a guy on Twitter called... Oh, what the fuck is his name? can't remember his name. He's an American guy. Anyway, but he has this thing that he calls Scorigami, which is basically he's charted the scores of every single NFL game that's ever been played since the start of the league. And every couple of weeks, there will be a unique scoreline that has never happened in the history of the league before. And that's a Scorigami. And... Because it's like it's yeah, it's something you've never seen before. It's just, you know because because of the nature of the NFL with its missed extra points and its field goals and its safeties and all that sort of stuff, it has at least quite a lot of room for variation in combinations. And yeah, I often wonder if how regularly on rugby we see a scoreline that's never been before because games are often quite high scoring these days. So like yeah, I wonder who could say. Somebody out there needs to do that immediately. It's not us, but somebody does need to yes. do it. No, it's really not us. Somebody with a list of all rugby games ever played ever at professional and you know first class level just needs to just start getting in the old books. Hit the books, get a spreadsheet, easy. It's a weekend at best. Johnny gets in touch. He says, good is Dan McFarlane's salty post-match interview. He said, but shit is also that people don't understand the beauty of a really pissy interview. Fuck all that taking learnings nonsense. Let's give us some sass a bit more often. Yeah, this is the thing that I found about the whole sort of Owen Farrell thing and people complaining that he was like sullen and difficult. It's like, I'm absolutely fine with somebody being sullen and difficult after they've lost a game. Like... Fucking crack on. Peter Robertson gets in touch. He says, God is the sweet hubris of Saracens. 18 months ago, they were giving seminars and workshop days about their incredible culture and mentality being the key to success <laughs> and not the fact that they somehow had 22 internationals in their match day squad and now getting beaten quite regularly in the second tier. The Germans have a word for this. The Germans have a word for this, mm. Josh. I think, isn't it? I think. I think it's. Is they it? Do, yeah. I think it's Kuntenfraude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's definitely. I've said it several times, but it's just really funny. It's really funny. Graham Gulvin gets in touch. He says, "Good is Edinburgh's Edinburgh getting a trip to the batshit crazy Thunderdome of, of the race in '92." He said, "But shit." as I won't be able to visit due to COVID restrictions and we are likely to get fisted. I mean, 
that's two reasons there. Two very good reasons. <laughs> Ryan Worley gets in touch. He says, good is Wales naming their team early so whoever the leak in the camp is can get fucked. <laughs> yeah, is that what they've done now? They just announce it as soon as they've picked it because it's going to be some leaky... Whoever the leaky fuck is, is going to leak it now, so they might as well. Andrew gets in touch. He says, good is Mike Haley. He said, but shit is I won't be I won't get to see Antoine Dupont and Roman yes. Entomac losing at Doman Park. Confident. I like it. Like it. Love to see it. Jamie Phillips is here, friend of the pod, long suffering Dragons oh, there fan. He is. Not so long suffering Dragons fan, because he's got a Dragons bonus point win over the Ospreys, is good, he says, and it ends an eight game losing streak. Sorry, Josh, but it had to be mentioned. He said, and also good is the lovely story behind Ashton Hewitt's try celebration about the lad called yes. Ali and so on, yes. Yeah, I thought that was lovely. Now, Saracen's fan gets in touch, Josh. M. Holbs gets in touch after Ooh. everything we've just said. But he says, it's good that they're doing this. He says, but it's <laughs> shit because they should have done this last season. The HMRC are now probing all clubs' salary cap compliance in the Premiership. I mean... It's going to be a fun old time for everyone. I'm sure everything's totally above board now. They wouldn't lie. They wouldn't lie to us again, would they? James Franklin gets in touch. He says, "Good Gloucester have won another game of rugby union football." <laughs> and in silly circumstances as well. This time, the best you know, kind. It's yeah, get a man sent off. And somehow win is and proof again once again as if we needed it. The red cards absolutely do not ruin games. Indeed, I'm going to draw this to a close now because this strange fucking delay is going to ruin everything if we keep going. Real have... talk, it's getting very silly now. It's so ruining do... my comic timing. So we do apologise, everybody, that our normal, you know, snaz, pizzazz and jizz jazz has been affected by this weird technicality. But I think Indeed. I only noticed in the last 20 minutes that I'm not going back and re-recording the whole fucking thing. So so welcome oh, to, you know, Hell our no. professional outfit. So thank you very much, everybody. We'll speak to you all after the big weekend. Take care. Goodbye. Indeed. Take care. Bye. Pick up your phone while driving and you might need to be picked up from work. Break the speed limit and you could be breaking plans with your mates. Leave L or N plates off your car, and you could be left getting taxis for the next six months. So ask yourself, is it really worth it? Seven penalty points over three years will disqualify learner and novice drivers for six months. Steer clear of points, and stay on the road. A message from the Road Safety Authority. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.